to the Actually Autistic Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Onstad. Today I'm going to talk about basic self-care and housework. Now, I have a long history of struggle with housework that goes back to my childhood. I think it's challenging for a lot of people, regardless of neurotype, but it's something that comes up a lot in the autistic community, and one of the members of an autistic Facebook group that I belong to suggested this as a topic. So here are some household hints for the tired housekeeper. I'm not the most fastidious housekeeper in the world, but I am one of the most tired. I aim for good enough house cleaning and I get help from my family that live with me, although it is still me that needs to remind them to do it, which is, of course, labor in itself. Changing the bedding can be a huge chore, but it makes such a difference in my sense of well-being that I have made it a priority to do it every week. Now, part of this is because I have allergies and other issues and stuff, but it just really feels good to get in between some clean sheets. I choose Wednesdays, but if I don't get to it on a Wednesday because I am too tired, then I will do it the next time I have enough energy. I don't beat myself up about it. It's just a way for me to keep track of things, not a way to berate myself for things that I can't control. It helps to have at least three sets of sheets for each bed. One that's on the bed, another that's in the wash, and a third in case you need to change the sheets because something unexpected happened that requires an immediate sheet change. I know that buying three sets all at once can be pricey, so just add to your collection when you can. Now, I used to never use a top sheet, just a bottom sheet and a blanket, but I've really learned to love a top sheet. Get a hypoallergenic mattress cover when you can. It will cut down on allergies for dust mites and things like that, and it will protect the mattress. Now, my life changed when I realized that you don't have to keep using duvets or comforters on your bed unless you really like them. They are a challenge to clean and don't actually keep you much warmer than a couple of lightweight fleece blankets. I know many people enjoy weighted blankets, and some people really love a big fluffy duvet, but... Changing my bedding became so much easier when I ditched the duvet and just got some pretty fleece blankets. They are super soft and easy to clean. Speaking of sleeping, the 8-hour sleep cycle is a relatively new invention. For millennia, people used to sleep for 4 hours and then get up in the middle of the night for a couple hours. Then they would go back to sleep for 4 more hours. So, if this is your natural sleep cycle, there is nothing wrong with you. You are just old-fashioned. We also shouldn't get too hung up on eating exactly three meals a day. Many people do better if they graze instead. There is nothing wrong with eating many small portions of healthy foods throughout the day. Toothbrushing can be a sensory nightmare, but often that's because of the flavor of the toothpaste. It's actually okay not to use any toothpaste. However, you can also just look for one that tastes good to you. Sometimes kids' toothpastes can taste better. I like to use baking soda because it has a mildly, slightly salty flavor, and then the aftertaste is sweet. Bathing can also be a challenge due to sensory issues, executive dysfunction, hyperfocus, etc. But this is another thing that's overhyped in current culture. Most people don't need to bathe every day. However, of course, you don't want to neglect it completely. So try to pick regular days of the week that you bathe. Other days you can just wash the smelly bits if they got smelly. However, changing your underwear is something that you should do every day. 
do it every day. You know, back in the times before we had indoor plumbing and people could not bathe as often, what they did is that they had linen undergarments, which they changed every day. And then the overgarments, they were kind of more the way we think of as coats and jackets, not something that you would wash after one wear. And I think this is still true of clothes today. You don't have to wash your jeans every time you wear them or your leggings. You know, you can take them out, you can air them out a little bit. On the other hand, obviously, if they got really dirty and sweaty, then then wash them. But, you know, you can approach these things with a little bit of logic. Now, I understand that knowing what to wear can be a minefield for an autistic and holistic world. And I have very little advice, except that I encourage you to wear what you find comfortable. I know that's not always possible in a professional context. Household organizing is a massive task, mainly because most of us have far more stuff than we have room for. Plastic tubs are really helpful for sorting stuff. I always have one plastic tub set aside for important papers that I know I will need to deal with eventually. We can't always face our paperwork, but if we know where it is, at least when we can face it, or when we have someone to help us face it, we will know where it is. Other tasks like washing dishes are just a constant effort. It can help to reduce the amount of dishes, drinking vessels, and cutlery in your kitchen. I am largely bedbound and spend a lot of time in my bedroom. When I do go to the kitchen, I try to take at least one dirty dish or cup with me so they don't pile up in my room. Set aside one day a week for sweeping and vacuuming. And again, the schedule is just to help you remember to do it when you are ready. It's not something to beat yourself up about. If you are never ready, that's okay. Try working up to it and reward yourself whenever you do it. Find a way that works for you, even if it means that you only get a little bit done at a time. Mopping is a much bigger deal, and you probably only need to do that once a month. We splurged on a robot sweeper for our bedroom and robot mopper for our bathroom and kitchen. I recognize this isn't something everyone can afford, but they are a good investment if you can. And I want to encourage you, too, that when you're doing your vacuuming and your sweeping, and if by some chance you do dusting, or especially like cleaning out the cat box, lots of chores, it can really help to wear a mask, like a surgical mask or an N95 mask. It avoids getting a lot of dust in your lung. And I found that a lot of the time when I was sweeping or cleaning the cat box that I'm holding my breath because I understandably don't want to inhale the dust. And I can smell the dust. I can see the dust. And so... After a while, walking around holding your breath, of course you get tired. Of course you need to sit down. So I wear a mask and then I actually breathe better because I'm not worried about inhaling anything gross. Now, we should also be cleaning our air. A HEPA air filter is wonderful and you can buy them for around $100 or less. I just kept buying one at a time when I could over the last few years and now we have five. One in every bedroom and one in the living room and one in another room. Uh, yeah, they're great. However, you can also make one called a Corsi Rosenthal box or a DIY air filter with a box fan for about $40. And it, it's a pretty simple process. I think almost anyone could do it. You can make a nice antiseptic spray that's good against odors and germs in the air. 
as well as on surfaces. I use half vodka and half water with a bit of lemon juice, just because I like the way it smells. It will kill any virus and is also good for dealing with pet odors. I keep a couple spray bottles around the house so I don't have to hunt for it because I have a couple of small male dogs and I won't go into detail about that, but it's just good to have that spray bottle ready to tidy things up and make things not smell so dang terrible. And obviously it's, it's good you know, in an era when there's an airborne virus. So I always carry a small bottle in my purse for when I have to use a strange restroom. Works in the air and on the surfaces. And again, I would suggest wearing a mask when you use it to avoid breathing in the droplets. Your lungs don't need that. So anytime I'm in a situation where I'm out in the world somewhere and it's an enclosed room and obviously I avoid this as much as possible and I wear masks and even goggles at this point because uh, it's surging so high right now. It's a nice thing to do if people have come in the house, even if they've worn masks, you can go through and spray the whole house down and then know that you've eliminated any viruses just hanging out in your air waiting for you to breathe them. Now, I am keenly aware that my ability to be organized in a relatively clean home is because my current life circumstances allow it. My house is big enough. I have help. I was able to afford to buy a robot sweeper for my floor, and all of these things add up. And I have lived in tiny apartments with ancient rugs and the whole deal. Believe me, I know. I know. It's really, really hard. So please don't beat yourself up about this. However, I think it's helpful to look at what's going on in our house. And if it's cluttered, is it cluttered because that clutter makes us feel safe? Is it barrier clutter? Or is it what I think of as sort of tidal clutter? The clutter comes in on the tide, the clutter goes out on the tide, more always seems to come in than goes out. So if it's a barrier clutter, if you're keeping somebody out, whether realistically that person would ever show up at your house or not, then, you know, look at that and think about, okay, if I need all these things to feel safe, how can I make that work for me? I, I understand that urge so well. And yet somehow, when I was able to look at it as what it was, which was a fear of being unable to set boundaries, and we don't always have the luxury of setting boundaries, if there's somebody we live with, somebody we're dependent on, it can be really impossible to set those boundaries, no matter how clear we are about them, no matter how often we state them. So it, if that's your situation, and if your space is always cluttered, then what I would recommend is think about it and think, okay, someday 
I'm going to be out of this situation and I'm going to feel safe. And I don't need to have this clutter to feel safe for the rest of my life. Just give yourself that little gift for the future. As far as the, the clutter, that, the tidal clutter, that's just a byproduct of our lifestyle, you know, it's just, it's, it's just never ending. So don't beat yourself up about it. When your organizational brain is engaged, when you see something and you're walking past it and you're ready for that thing to be gone, it's really okay to just reach down and grab it and throw it away. And if you only throw away that one thing or put that one thing in the hamper for the rest of the day, you still did that one thing. And the more that you reward yourself with visualize a little gold star, applause, <laughs> me saying, good job. The more that you do that for these tiny little things, the more often you'll do them because if, if you're lucky, your brain will remember and give you that little hit of serotonin for having done that little thing. Anyway, that's how I trained myself to pick things up off the floor, to take things into the kitchen, to get all the laundry together and, and all of that. And you know, folks, I'm 61. I was not capable of this stuff in my 20s. You know, I would, somebody would be coming over or I would get mad and need to do something with all the energy and then suddenly I would be able to clean everything. Or I would be moving and then I would have to face all this stuff and deal with it somehow. So <laughs> moving is a whole other issue and uh, we're not going to get into that here. I just, I want to be encouraging. So I guess that's my comforting words for the day. My comforting words are, do your best. Do your best. Just do a little bit at a time. If that works for you, do it all in a big passion with the music blaring. If that works for you, whatever works for you is great. Now, here is your joke of the day. To be clear, I do not write these. I stole them fair and square from anonymous lists on the internet. A termite walks into the bar and asks, is the bar tender here? <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me on this mini episode of the Actually Autistic Podcast. If you are interested in hearing more of my content and like Shakespeare, then you are in luck. I have two podcasts, one called There Will Be Body and another one called The Twelfth Night Podcast by Rose City Shakespeare. I wrote a book called A Midsummer Night's Dream Illustrated Handbook and Encyclopedia, and I'm also on a role-playing game podcast called Shattered Worlds RPG. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for being Actually Autistic.